0: Maybe you've seen a celebrity getting a key to the strip, which is a weird phrase instead of a more familiar key to the city that most other people get. Or maybe you've seen cheeky or sometimes serious back and forth between Las Vegas city officials and Clark County officials over their jurisdictional borders. Many of you know the famous Las Vegas strip isn't in Las Vegas city limits, but do you know how we even got this quirky division? Today on Citycast Las Vegas, we go a century back with UNLV historian Dr. Michael Green to figure out where it all went weird and how the divide between Las Vegas, the city, and Clark County began. It's Wednesday, November second, twenty twenty-two. I'm David Figler, and this is Citycast Las Vegas. noted Las Vegas historian, Michael Green. Dr. Green, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you. It's nice to be with you and nice to be noted. Ah, yes, we note you all the time. And we're <laughs> we're going to talk about a, a subject that is near and dear to anyone in the Valley. And that is, where did this whole Las Vegas City versus Clark County Unincorporated and the mix-ups back and forth come from? But before we get to that, uh, We have a patchwork of municipalities in the uh, Las
1: Vegas Valley. How do you describe that to people who just moved here? I would say you're in Clark County, and then where you are in Clark County depends on the municipality And you then have to figure out where does the Las Vegas boundary line end and where does North Las Vegas or Henderson begin? And it's helpful to know it uh, just because there are going to be people who are going to say, how come I don't get to vote in a municipal election? And the answer is you're not in the municipality. Right. So a lot of people
0: who live in in Southern Nevada and consider themselves to be Las Vegas, don't get to vote for, say, the mayor of Las Vegas because the boundary line. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's this concept of the bigger county in which these municipalities uh, live. Let's start from the
1: start. So Clark County was created the 1909 legislature and Las Vegas was designated the county seat, but at the same time, it was not an incorporated city. That doesn't happen until the 1911 legislature. And the boundary lines at the time, and I'm going to be a bit general here, but you would think of it as Charleston would be about as far out as you'd consider the city of Las Vegas and maybe Owens on the other side. And so you might say the bad seed is sown in 1911 (laughs) when they don't say, okay, we're going to make Las Vegas almost all of Clark County and let's just be done with it. This
0: is fascinating because, you know, we have so many, and I hope we're going to have a chance to get to this kind of conflict between the county and the city (laughs) that kind of rears its head all the time. But I love getting into the origins. So, okay, Las Vegas was the county seat in the bigger Clark County area. And that seems like a very normal way that a city and a
1: county interact across the country. Is that fair to say? It's pretty fair to say. And the other thing I'd note is that in a lot of other places, the county tends to be more rural. The city handles the urban stuff. And and that's pretty true across the country, generally
0: yeah. speaking. Generally. Okay. So when and how did things start to
1: change in our <laughs> valley? <laughs> well, there will be some changes in boundaries and the like, but you really find the 1940s being the period where things start to change significantly. Would you say that's when things got weird? I'd say weird. Okay, good. Weird is a good word. And in 1941, Thomas Hull opened the El Rancho Vegas, just south of the city limits. And now we know it as the beginning of the Las Vegas Strip. So what what was that all about? Why did that make things weird? When... He originally looked into building the hotel. The people from the Chamber of Commerce had urged him to be near Charleston and Maryland in the city. And he said, no, I want to be outside the city because it's cheaper. There are fewer taxes, fewer regulations, fewer fees, et cetera. The next year, you get the Hotel Last Frontier. Then comes the Flamingo down the street, and we know the Bugsy story. The Thunderbird, much closer to the El Rancho Vegas, opens in '48. The great irony of this is that eventually we're talking about the operators of the Flamingo and the Thunderbird who are not exactly, shall we say, noted for their
0: clean records. They were not law-abiding, per se, citizens? That
1: would be a good way to put it. Okay. Is this where I go? Hachu, mob, hachu? Yeah, hachu, hachu. OK, but, but, you know, th- this is one of the ironies. We tend to think of the mob, you know, these guys, in these dems and does and so on. And these are business people. Sure. They're thinking in terms of what works best for their business. And they didn't want to be in the city because of it sounds like economic. It's mainly economic, I think. But there is an element of the political at the time. One of the main downtown operators was J. Kel Housel, senior. He has a restaurant. He's got a transportation company. He has a lot of power at City Hall. Well, are these guys out on the strip going to be able to take on housels and the other downtown operators if there's, say, an issue of what kind of ordinance the city might pass on a certain issue? It could be taxes. It could be regulation. It just could be something that upsets them. So they, they wanted their own power and their own power brokers? Pretty much so. Okay. I'm sensing a foreshadow of a showdown. <laughs> Well, the mayor from 43 to 51, Ernie Cragen, looked at this and said, wait a minute, we need revenue in the city, and they're generating revenue. They're just outside the city limits, and actually, we're getting a few city services in the process. So he brings up the idea of annexation. Well, there's an ordinance that essentially says, if you're in the area to be annexed, you can protest it. They did. And this leads the people involved in the Strip and the people who are moving into newly developed areas. Housing projects and the like in the vicinity of the strip to get together and ask Clark County to say, No, we will accept you as an unincorporated township, which then cannot be annexed by the city unless the people of the township vote in favor of it. And so is that what happened? Yep. And what townships did we wind up getting? So we wind up getting Paradise Township in 1950 and Winchester Township the next year. And were they entrenched? No way that there was going to be annexation?
0: No way, no how. So what seems to be happening is that through these townships, we're starting to form kind of an unofficial big city in an officially unincorporated county. That seems weird, Michael. It's weird. It truly is weird. (laughs) So was that the end of it? Pretty much.
1: Did the city ever try to do anything else to get that land back? Well, this is where it gets a little interesting. A furniture dealer named Oren Graxon was elected mayor. And unless we get rid of term limits, Graxon will have the distinction of being the only person to be a four-term mayor of Las Vegas, served from 59 to 75. And he was interested in trying to eliminate this duplication. Because as the strip grew, as the area around it grew, that meant that the Clark County Commission was becoming more and more an urban operation. So why are we having two police forces, a city and a county? Why are we having all of these things? And during the 60s, he and a couple of county commissioners did examine trying to find a way to work this out. And pretty much it was that no, most people didn't. However, There are some people talking at the time about the duplication of the police. And by duplication, you mean Las Vegas City
0: had its police force and Clark County had its police force?
1: Yes. Okay. And we now have the city of North Las Vegas incorporating in 1946, Henderson in 1953, and they're going to develop their municipal services. Are there
0: school districts happening in each of these municipalities, too, at this time? Are they in charge
1: of their own schools? Yes. We do not get the county school system in Nevada until 1955. So there's a Las Vegas, there's a Henderson, there's a Boulder City. North Las Vegas didn't yet have a school then it's going to get one and so on.
0: Okay, so things like police, school, etc., they're all kind of separated in these own little things. And Mike, what are the implications of maintaining a separate city, urban, and county, urban, jurisdiction? What
1: are the consequences to the people who live there? Well, the consequences are that whichever jurisdiction you live in, you're ultimately paying to have a government. Now, One way to look at that is maybe I'm getting government that's more attentive to my needs if I'm living in this area, as opposed to the big city of Las Vegas having all of this and not being able to pay attention to little old me in my unincorporated township. But it also can mean that I'm helping to fund a county building and county officials and county services that if we put it all together, maybe it's cheaper. But as an old friend of mine once said, who was in the state Senate, we don't like to vote to eliminate democracy. Hmm. Now, there are others who might feel differently these days. But his point was, we're not going to tell people, oh, you don't get to elect these people anymore. We're going to eliminate these positions. And I should say there's another element of this that can be kind of fun. I grew up near Pecos in Washington which is about a mile north of the Las Vegas-North Las Vegas boundary. Well, when I was growing up, one of the more entertaining things you could see was when there was an auto accident, ideally nobody injured, but on the median, on Owens, which was the boundary between Las Vegas and North Las Vegas, and you'd get to see the police stand there arguing over who got the case. Oi, if I might go to my Jewish roots... Oi. And oi is a good term. Oi works for this. But that brings to mind okay, how do these entities get along? Yeah. Are
0: there fights going on? Well, and, and how do these entities get along? Um, <laughs> and what's the power dynamic like? I mean, yeah. Yeah, who's more powerful? The city of Las Vegas, uh, going back to our original example, or Clark County, and in
1: what ways? Clark County is definitely more powerful, and the strip is the engine in this case, that drives the power. Uh, This is where the bulk of the revenue that we see in Clark County comes from. So you get the situation where even before term limits, frankly, you had state legislators who were happier to be on the county commission. They aren't leaving the legislature to run for city councils. They will go to the county commission. That's where the action is down here. The mayor's And the city councils and the city governments certainly have power within their jurisdictions. And we
0: do see some examples of like state assembly people running for the city councils and things of that nature. But the big prize does seem to be the county commission, right?
1: Yeah. And you also have some degree of cooperation where, for example, the convention authority, uh, the water authority, uh, various groups where the assorted entities in Clark County are represented so that the city has a seat on the convention authority, the county, and so on and so forth. Sometimes they are able to partner. They're able to work together on certain things. That sounds sweet. Are there times when they don't
0: partner? Or let me just say it frankly, are there times when they're still fighting?
1: Oh, yeah. And what's that like? Well, it, it is not pleasant. And uh, an example of the fighting, you saw this with the county commission and the city of Las Vegas. When Steve Sisolak chaired the commission, Carolyn Goodman was mayor of Las Vegas, and there were some disputes about various programs they wanted to have and so on and so forth. Oscar Goodman, when he was mayor, on New Year's Eve, would go down to the strip where the fireworks show would be that was shown on national television. And it bothered county officials that he was getting the attention. And no one has ever accused Oscar of not wanting attention. Or getting it. <laughs> or getting it. And Oscar's response was, I'm there among a quarter of a million people who think I'm the mayor of where they're standing, and I'm not. There you go. Perception <laughs> versus reality. That was uh, that was Oscar Goodman's motto. And that's Las Vegas, baby.
0: Yeah. So, I, I want to kind of focus in on this weird power dynamic that you describe. Is it typical that a city the size of Las Vegas is less powerful than a <laughs> county
1: in which it's contained? I would say no. Uh, it's not typical. You know, you can look at Southern California, and of course, we have so many connections to similarities to Southern California. You've got LA County, big county. The city of Los Angeles has more than enough power there. And there are these smaller cities, Pasadena, Glendale, South Pasadena, so on and so forth. So there are areas where all of a sudden you're driving along. Wait, I thought I was here and I'm there. And there's an element of that here. Except in this case, you have the county entity having the power. That's unusual,
0: and does history provide us with any uh examples to draw a conclusion that this is a good
1: thing, a bad thing, a sustainable thing? you know, i don't really think it does uh, if If you look at urban history generally, this is unusual, and throw in not just the unusual nature of Clark County being the more important entity, but that what makes it more important is an economic form that's different. Tourism Hmm. and gambling. It's not like saying, oh, uh, we're in New York City and Manhattan has all of these important businesses and there's tourism and Broadway and all that, but there are all these other things. Clark County does have other things besides the strip, obviously. But The Strip was the basis for it in the first place and is the basis for that kind of influence. So is there any chance that
0: that will ever change? Will the Las Vegas Strip, the famous Las Vegas Strip, the thing that everyone identifies Las Vegas with, which we've established is not
1: in the city of Las Vegas, will that ever change, Dr. Green? Probably not. And and when I say probably not, it can change if the people who live in the township in question, paradise, say, we want to join the city of Las Vegas. Let's have a vote. Let's decide it. We want to join. The vote passes. Oh boy, Las Vegas has grown. It just doesn't seem likely to happen. Uh, And I think it's partly because it would be quite a lift. It would be quite a heavy duty act to be able to get the thing explained, much less get support for it. And so both the mystery, the
0: confusion, and the wonder of our unique experiment in government continues. (laughs) And I remain confused, and I wonder what's going on. Well, if I had to be in a room of confusion with anyone, it is the most wonderful historian that I know and who really can explain this better than anyone, Dr. Michael Green. Thank you so very much for being on CityCast Las Vegas. Well, thank you, and I'd be glad to be
1: in a room of confusion
0: with you. All right, before you go, a few things you should know. So it looks like state cannabis regulators got 100 applications to run marijuana lounges. Now, 20 of those are virtual sure things as they are connected to existing dispensaries, but the rest are vying for independent lounges. And there's just 20 of those indie licenses available. After the applications are evaluated, a random drawing next month will determine the ultimate winners. Meanwhile, Nevada is seeing a big uptick in famous politicians coming here just trying to get out the vote. You got your Bernie Sanders, Tulsi Gabbard, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, just to name a few. Senator Elizabeth Warren is scheduled to be in Las Vegas today. Now, there's no word on the gambling habits of any of them, but who'd have thunk the odds of picking a sure thing in today's political races would be less likely than hitting double zero on roulette? And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you learn something new about our weird little valley? Like the fact that the mob had a hand in even wonky political boundary disputes. So go send this episode to a friend who loves Vegas history and help your friends become better Las Vegans, you know, or better Clark Countyans or Hendersonians. You get the picture. Make sure you're both following the podcast, too, and subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon.